Shalom, this is Resilient One. And I want to talk to you guys about this um, tactic that um, narcissists and abusive people use uh, against you. It's called like reactive abuse. So reactive abuse is basically when you are under attack by a person constantly. You are being belittled constantly. You are being told you are yeah, nothing. You're worthless. You will never be loved. No one will ever love you. You're gonna. You're. 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 You. You're a failure in life. Um, you. You know. So when they're into when these when the abusive person is a spiritual abuser, they'll tell you you don't believe in God. You're a non-believer. Um, they'll tell you that God doesn't hear you. You're wasting your time. They'll just say all these things. Um, like, yeah, God doesn't hear your prayers. What are you fasting for? You know, the same things to question, to, to under, undermine your faith in God. Because, see, when you're dealing with someone who's spiritually abusive, they will use scriptures to hide their abuse and expect you to, um, to respond to them in a way where it's, it's supernaturally human and possible almost to, to respond to someone abusing you in a healthy manner. Um, I always believe that when you are in an abusive situation, the only option you can do is leave. You cannot stay in those environments because 10 times out of 10, the abusive person is, um, their, their minds are completely gone. They're, they, they don't see what they're doing as wrong. They, they make excuses. They usually have enablers behind them. They have people who will support their abuse. Um, I think I made a podcast about critical thinking compared to conspiracy thinking. And I was just making a point that most people lack critical thinking. And that's how people who are abusive get away with the stuff they do is because a lot of people don't have discernment. They don't, they're not able to read spirits. They're not able to read people. And so they just go by a person's, you know, like how they're acting like, oh, they must be really, they're really upset. So I don't see tears, but they're, they're really upset. So I must be, uh, it must be real. Like there's not, no, there's no discernment with most people. There's no critical thinking skills. They don't put one plus one equals two. They just put, oh, makes sense. Okay. You're wrong. So Again, when you are in a situation like that, where you are up against the wall, there's nothing you can do to stop this person from trying to break you. What do you do now? You're going to spaz out. You're going to spaz out and understand that means you're going to start screaming, yelling. (sighs) You might even hit the person and I'm not condoning any of this behavior we have we all have symptoms of things on how we deal with abuse some people have flight or flight where if there's abuse happening or if there's an emergency or something their adrenaline kicks in and they leave some people when they're being abused they will hit you back some people are being abused they might break your stuff they might scream and yell they might want to make you feel the way you made them feel you know, none of that is right, but it's, there is a term called reactive abuse. So when someone is being abusive for long periods of time, um, there will be times where 
you're going to respond in an in unhealthy manner. And mind you now, these abusive persons, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And so let's say they are wrong. They know they're wrong. Um, they do know they're wrong. I, I believe that when I'm dealing with an abusive person, I believe that they know they're wrong. They just, they just want me to believe that they're right. <laughs> so what they'll do is when you, um, when you respond to the abuse and you're spazzing out, yelling, screaming, they're going to record you. They're going to record you. And this is the reason why. Um, they will use it to bring up, um, they'll, they'll bring up the incident years later or they'll hold it against you over your head. Um, um, you know, they'll, they'll use it as proof that you are unstable, that you are mentally ill, or that you are a, a, a delusional. Um, you know, the person who is recording these things, they will use it. They'll hold it. They'll keep recordings of you. And definitely and hold it over your head to try to expose you to people who are closest to you. Um, and the reason why they do that is because, one, it works. That's why they do it. I mean, this is you got to understand when you're dealing with a narcissist or an abusive person, it's a demonic spirit. Um, a lot of demons do the same exact thing. You got a demon of lying. You got a demon of whoredom. You got a demon of narcissism. And, and you'll notice that when people are suffering from demonic oppress, uh, the oppression, they all have the same exact characteristics. So um, a person who who's who's practicing this type of behavior is usually demonic. Um, and the people who listen to it are, you know, it says in the Bible, I forgot, it said even the saints would be fooled. Um, by false prophets and things of that matter, because some people are very manipulative. And that, that reminds me like how manipulative people can be. And um, yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it was saying this article, um, it's a manipulated tactic that attempts to make the, an abused person feel responsible for the acts of violence. The longer this shifting of, of blame occurs, the longer the victim may experience feelings of shame, guilt, or blame for reactive outbursts to continue to continue to continue the abuse. Also, this tactic forces victims of violence to focus on their response to the event rather than the event itself. This can give the oppressor the ability to continue their abuse without repercussions. So when this person exposes you, um, they know that most people are not going to have common sense. They know most people are going to um, not use critical thinking like, hmm, well, this person's usually calm, cool, collected. You know, they don't really have problems with people. And then all of a sudden now they're, you know, they're, they're, they're acting this crazy. What's going on? Um, so, <laughs> you know, and it, it just sucks, you know, it sucks being in that type of situation as the abused person, because you, you end up getting anxiety because now, you know, like, okay, most people, they're going to enable the abuser. They're going to be like, oh, I feel sorry for you. You got to deal with that at home. 
Oh, she or he, he's crazy. Oh my God, you better leave. All the while, they're the ones pulling the strings behind everything. Um. So anyway, what causes the abused person to have outreactive outbursts? Having physical or, or verbal uh uh, our expressive outbursts during a abusive event is nothing to be ashamed of. It's natural defense mechanism that the body deploys against danger. When confronted with danger, the body innately releases numbers of stress hormones to enhance the ability to react to a threatening situation. So that goes like back to what I was saying. When some people are in a threatening situation, naturally, your body goes in fight and flight respond where you leave, where you're like, oh, I'm in danger. I need to go. So when you have someone who is constantly berating you and belittling you and yelling at you and screaming at you and gaslighting you, eventually you're going to crack because that's not normal conditions to live under. That is very, very toxic. And honestly, people who, who practice this type of abuse you have shows about snapped where women for for women are men they are under long-term abusive um treatment and they snap they have you have crimes of passion there's degrees of different types of murder um different types of assaults and those all go into how did it first occur what made it happen and that's the laws of the land. You, when you, and so if, if to me it's like if the laws of the land are making making uh, laws where if there's a crime that's being permitted, like if someone's under a long term abusive situation, um, there have been known times where women have had to kill or or defend themselves against someone who is physically or mentally abusive, and they get very little time. Because of the person's actions cause them to die. So, you know, that's that, that there's, 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 it's a very dangerous game abusive people play. They, they don't understand that, um, that's a life or death situation on both ends. Because when a man or a woman is abusive, a mother, a father is abusive, they kill too. Because of the power and control get so heavy on them that they don't see you as a person no more. They see you as an object where you are no longer a person God created to love or to love him and to follow his laws. Now you are a person that they can just kill at any time because you're disposable to them. So, so yes, um, what they call this situation where your ability, where, where you, um, your hormones are um, enhanced um, to, in order for you to react to a threatening situation, they call that stress response, also known as flight or flight response, what I was saying. Um, in circumstances where safety is threatened, the body prepares itself to free to flee and give given situation or fight back against the stressor. This can result in screaming, punching, or kicking an individual who is being abusive. These actions are often automatic, so it can be hard to gain control 
of response of the abusive situation. Regardless of the abusers, may utilize these unconscious behavior to gain power over an abused person. Um, what causes the person, the abuser to the assailant to reactively abuse? Not everyone will experience uh, reactive abuse outbursts when confronted with abuse, with abusive violence. Some individuals may experience shock, causing them to have seemingly no reaction during the instance of abuse. Others may become extremely upset, but do not lash out against the assailant. Abuse is abuse no matter what. In some circumstances, the tendency for an abuser to shift blame towards the victim might be the byproduct of mental disorder. So narcissistic personality disorder is many is one of the many types of personality disorder that may affect the individual's outward portrayal of themselves. Narcissism is a mental condition that is signified by influence Inflated sense of self-importance, a deep need for attention and lack of empathy for those around them. Narcissists typically have a difficult diffi have difficulties engaging and maintaining healthy relationships. They often refuse to take responsibilities for their acting actions. Sorry, attempting to put the blame on those around them. A person with narcissistic personality disorder may be at a higher predisposition for engaging in abusive behavior. Likewise, they may be more than likely to try to act like they are not responsible for the abuse. When a victim reacts accordingly to the given situation, a narcissist may try to manipulate the situation to work in their behavior. <clears throat> and that is facts. Let me tell you, I have throughout my life seen this work. And that's what pisses me off. Like the one thing I like that's going on right now um, in society is... <laughs> Um, I was talking to this lady who has a DV support group and she was like talking about how telling people like they can read this book from the library. And so I was looking up this book and I called the library in my local area and the book was gone, of course. And then I, I asked the person, I said, is there any books on narcissism in any of the libraries in this city? And I think there's like three, four libraries in the city I'm in. And all the books on narcissism are gone. <sighs> so that tells me one, two years from now, most, even now, like most people are going to be educated on narcissistic personality disorder, where it won't look like you are some crazed person who is talking about someone with anti-personality disorder or someone with narcissistic personality disorder. You won't look, people won't be able to look at you sideways. Like there'd be people who will be able to discern that spirit of narcissism on people. Um, I am convinced that it talks about the, the, the end times would be like the days of Noah, where people will be lovers of themselves and the love of many will walk, wax cold. Um, I'm convinced that the narcissistic spirit is an end time spirit. That's why there's so many people who are narcissistic. It's because that is a demonic a pre, a, a spirit on most people you meet. And they and that's why, you know, when I meet narcissists, they always, for me, they have those things of dead eye. Everybody knows if you ever met a narcissist, sometimes you will catch the creepiest 
Ooh, it's so scary, y'all. Like the eyes, the eyes, those eyes when they do that blackness of their eyes, and um, some people, you know, the psychiatrists and therapists and doctors call it the narcissistic stare, but there's something within that stare that is dark and evil. <laughs> And it's, it, it, it gives you the crease because their eyes no longer look like humans. It looks like something dead, scary. It was since you will never forget when that person gave you their demonic eyes. Um, kind of like when I was watching, uh, you know, if you go back into Supernatural, that, movie, that show Supernatural and or any scary movie and they show you those Demons with black eyes. It's almost that, but you still see a little bit of white in their eyes. So you still see the, you can still see normal eyes, but the eyes just turn to something where it's scary. Um, and they, and they go back to their normal selves. Their eyes go back to the normal human, human self, but periodically the demon that's inside of them peers out through their eyes. Um, anyway, I digress off of that, but it's a spirit y'all. It's a spirit. I suggest all church leaders, <laughs> psychiatrists, doctors, teachers, lawyers, everybody. And the problem is that sometimes in those people who are in high ranking positions, like being a police or a politician, they usually are antisocial. So that's why a lot of this stuff goes under the radar, this type of behavior. You'll, you'll get you'll get a lot of pushback on people with anxiety disorder. You'll get a lot of pushback on our research and people talking about people with depression, but when it comes to narcissistic personality disorder, there's barely any type of understanding of that. It's not really mainstream the way depression or anxiety or schizophrenia is mainstream. Um, and that's just because the powers that be, they usually have that personality over themselves. So why would you expose yourself to, to the sheeples? They'll be able to see like, hmm, well, you know, a lot of people saw that Donald Trump, Donald Trump was obviously an overt narcissist, you know, um, but you got the covert, you got the somatic, you got the malignant, you got all kinds of narcissistic people. There's, there's different forms of that. So people only focus on the, the Donald Trumps of the society are, um, Hey, but Obama, he might have been a malignant narcissist, you know, more cerebral, more, more mental. So you, you can't really place your finger on the narcissism, but you got to be kind of crazy to go and kill thousands of Syrians in the country just because, you know, and that's what Obama's reign did. So you have to be psychotic to, to kill innocent people for nothing. So, you know, I, I, I just, I, I, again, going back into the reactive abuse, um, uh, people who are going through that, I don't shame them. I, 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 I work, um, as a counselor in one of my jobs and I deal with a lot of different types of people. And I know a lot of times, a lot of people have trauma and, you know, sometimes, you know, there was, they, they, they might respond to small, the smallest thing that you didn't mean to tr traumatize them. They, they might, they might, they might spaz out. Like I had a guy at my job. Um, he was, 
one of my coworkers told him, Hey, I didn't give you permission to hold this remote, have this remote. And he is an army vet and he literally had a post-traumatic stress outburst in front of us. Like he was like, I'm guarding this. I'm on guard. I'm guarding the TV. So that means I have to guard this remote. And he literally believed that. So, and that was because he perceived her telling, telling him to not touch the remote. He perceived that as a real threat. So imagine you got someone in your house who's purposely messing with you mentally and you're trying to keep it together and eventually you're going to snap. So it takes a wise person to be able to see that. That's why, you know, I believe 100% in therapy, counseling and support groups. When you are dealing with someone who is psychologically abusive, especially that's when you really need to get people behind you. So I guess where I'm going to go into now is how to handle this. So when you are dealing with someone who's doing this to you, you get help. You don't stay quiet for what they're doing to you. If they're touching you, belittling you, psychologically doing anything to you, you tell someone, two people, you tell someone, never keep the abuse your abuse that you're going through is secret. If you can't tell a family member, a church member, a close friend, go to an organization that goes by the HIPAA law that will keep that, that will protect you from the abuser. Go to an organization and make sure that they know what you're going through and create an escape plan. Because like I said, most time when a person's abuser they will have enablers around them. They will have people who will see their point of view, even though they have no point of view. Behavior abuse is abuse. There should be no, no, um, no, no excuse for someone being abusive to somebody. None. There should be none. Like I said, at my job, Someone yells, screams, even hits me. I can't hit them back. It's an automatic termination. I got, I learned the escalation skills to leave that situation alone. When it comes down to narcissists, they don't deescalate. They escalate the situation. They make it 10 times worse and record our Call the police on you, especially if they know that they did something illegal and you might have a chance of getting them legally messed up. They will beat you to the punch. That's why you always tell. You keep notes, dates, times of things they said to you. Um, If they touch you, you know, it's hard. Like it's hard calling the police on someone who hits you, especially if you're conditioned in that abuse. You get used to someone touching you inappropriately. You get used to someone talking to you inappropriately. You make excuses for them. You start telling them it's your fault why you have to touch me because I should have been more meek and quiet when you were calling me a bitch. Like I should have been more quiet with that when you were calling me a whore and a bitch. I should have been more quiet. I should have just prayed to God and left it alone and walked away and and, and, and start reading my Bible, but no, I, I got mad. And so 
they want you to take blame for their behavior all the while while you're taking blame it's gonna get worse that's why you have to tell somebody they get off by keeping their abuse a secret in most most narcissistic abusive people despise people in their business they want someone who will take their abuse silently and allow them to become the monster that they are they're demons so yes, how do you do? You you get a you get an escape plan. Um, if you're financially dependent on them, you definitely need to probably figure some things out to financially free yourself from someone like that. Save up money, um, find a, a group of people who support you until you get back on your feet. Without them, <clears throat> you could also another you know part of another escape plan is. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. So you just want to, God, I can't believe this. So you want to just be able to, um, you want to, you want to, you want to have like, a, you know, you want to, sorry, y'all. I just thought, 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 oh, I thought about something, but you know, having a skate plane, you want to be able to have a change of clothes, print, you know, second copy of your birth certificate, your, your, license it's a photo print of it something you want to have a, a escape bag an extra phone just in case they decide they're going to take your phone to be to, to to punish you you want to have an extra phone somewhere that that has all of the copies of your contacts and people you need to get a hold of um just in case you want to have a you know have an extra phone that doesn't even have a phone plan on it but you can, you're able to call 911. Always keep a second phone charged somewhere else um, if you are trying to escape this type of person. Um, but either which way, you, when you're dealing with this, the only thing you can do is leave because, again, they, there's no accountability on their end. They always have a harem or a group of people who will support their abuse. And you can always tell who the people who are supporting them. And I, and I always look at those people like first, you know, they're, they're abused too. They just don't know it. They're not being called names. They're not being touched. They're not, but they're being mentally mind fucked and they don't know it. They're, they, they're being abused They're And they're also abusing you by proxy. When, when someone enables an abusive person, that person is also and they, and they don't hold that person accountable for the abuse they're doing to you. And they actually play into the, oh, you're a horrible person. And why are you doing this to my homie or my girl? Why are you doing this to them? And, and it's actually them causing the problem. That person, they, 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 their enablers are secondhandedly abusing you too. You know, and that, again, that goes into the lack of discernment most people have. And the end times, it says again, you know, it's, it's talking going into the Antichrist, but the Antichrist spirit is a spirit of, I, I, don't, I don't, I mean, honestly, if someone is abusive, they're not following the laws of the Most High. It's an antichrist spirit. <laughs> and it says even the saints will be, uh, they, they will be uh, fooled by the, the spirit that's going to be upon the earth. So this, this narcissistic spirit is going to fool a lot of people. And um, yeah. So I haven't been really recording because one, I've been really busy. Um, 
with life. So I probably still record some more today. Um, and I would like to thank you for those who support this channel, who still come by periodically and listen to um, some of my podcasts. Um, again, I just like to remind you, most times I just go over the to off the top of my head. So if you can get through this whole thing and you actually like it, I do appreciate that. That makes me feel like I, I'm smarter coast. But yeah, I just wanted to say to anybody um, who's going through abuse, like you're not alone. Um, there's there's crisis lines you can call. Um, there are a lot of, you know, uh, there's a lot of places that have free group links, group, group, DV groups and things of like that where you can get support. Um, you know, things, yeah, things will be difficult at first. You know, we're, we're going to, you're going to go through trials of change. That's hard when you, when it's hard to go through trials of changing, um, but you, you'll get through it. Like you really will. As long as you put, you know, God first in everything, you, you gotta, you gotta put God in everything. You gotta trust his judgment. You gotta trust that, you know, one of my favorite scriptures, um, Oh God. Okay. Um, one of my favorite scriptures, if I can find it before I get off of here, but probably not. So I didn't even have it ready. Um, and I don't want to paraphrase here because I might have it, but I have it written down on my wall. It's like one of my favorite scriptures. <clears throat> Actually, I have it. So it's Ecclesiastes 2.11. And it says, for the Lord is full of compassion and mercy and long-suffering and very pitiful and forgives sins and saves us in times of affliction. That is probably definitely my one of my favorites because it just goes into like, we think sometimes that our behaviors and our actions is going to cause us to lose, you know, that grace. You don't abuse grace, but we got to understand like when it says long-suffering, that for me, it's just like it reminds me and I'm not trying to teach or anything, but this reminds me of like God's characteristics and how I should have those things. So even if I'm in an abusive situation, that person was a person that was a child before. Doesn't mean I'm excusing their behavior. Doesn't mean I'm going to love them to get them away from their abuse because abuse person most times doesn't change. But having compassion for that person like Something happened in their childhood that made them the way they are. And, 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 and it was sad as someone broke them when they were a child and they never got fixed. They never, they never had the, 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 the self, the self-reflection are, um, I can't even think of the word. They this never had the ability to think, look within themselves. And some of us who grew up in abusive homes, we don't grow up like our abusers. We might have tendencies where, you know, we might have seen our parents act a certain way. We might have some tendencies, but we don't grow up abusing people. We, we, we don't want to hurt people. We end up becoming 
super empathic, where we know how it feels to hurt someone because we've been so hurt. But that same child might go through something and they become a monster. Their defense mechanism is to become just like the person that hurt them because they saw it enough where they know, okay, if I'm a good person, if I'm a long suffering person, if I'm kind, if I'm merciful, that's going to get me more abuse. No, I'm going to become a stone cold, hard person. And then their personality starts developing into that. And that's where narcissistic personality disorder comes from. Sometimes you're born into it, but most times narcissists are created. Um, so just having mercy upon that person, praying for that person, fasting for that person, that maybe it will take divine and it will take divine, what's the word, intervention for that person to change. I know when I'm dealing with someone who's abusive, I, all I have is power over myself and how I respond, but my, I can't change a person's behavior towards me if they don't even see it as wrong. So you, you can't don't, I, I don't live in that delusion, but I do know that you have to have compassion for that person or else you will kill them. And I'm being absolutely real. You will kill them. There's only so long, so many people can, so long, somebody can take something like that. You're going to kill them. You're going to go to jail. There's going to be police being called. So you got to understand that you got to look at yourself. And when you feel the urge to hurt someone, leave, leave, just leave. Don't stay. Don't stay. Don't stay. If you feel the urge, you're going to hurt somebody. And if they're damn sure if they're touching you, call the cops. Oh, yeah. Let their ass go to jail. Let them go to jail. And you know what? They're going to go to jail and they're going to blame you for going to jail. <laughs> and understand that's when, again, if you have a support group behind you and you have somebody who is there to be an outsider looking in, they'll remind you that that gaslighting that they're doing is not real. They're trying to place blame back onto you. So therefore they can't take accountability. I remember when my mother, um, she was acting cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and she was pissed and she did some really crazy stuff. And she wanted us to go to our dad's house. And my dad, you know, he had to, he was remarried and my mom was acting crazy at the time. I thought, well, damn, why did my dad let us come over? Why didn't he save us? No, that was a bad situation. If my dad would have walked into that, he would have been shot. And, you know, he was protecting himself and he, and he had to call the police. And I mean, about six, seven cops showed up to our house and my mom was arrested until about maybe 30 years old. My mother would blame all of us for her being arrested. And it took years for me to be in therapy, <clears throat> not years, a couple of years, maybe yeah, years. I was in first, I went to <clears throat> celebrate recovery and then I was in therapy and it took time to be, to tell my mom, like you got arrested because your behavior, she had a heavy enabler behind her who was telling her that I wouldn't blame you for doing what you did. A woman who lost her child, who didn't raise her own child was giving my mother motherly advice. So Again, it goes back into, like I said, narcissists always have enablers around them. And those enablers will be by proxy your abusers, too. So, yeah, just 
when you're trying to leave, just leave, but have compassion on them because that's the only thing that's going to save you from doing something that you will regret later. Watch videos on them. <laughs> this might sound bad, but watch videos on people in prison. Watch the food they eat. Watch the commissary that they that they try to make gourmet meals out of and really place yourself in that situation. Like, do you want to be trying to figure out 50 different ways to make top ramen? You want you want to be eating hostess cupcakes and nasty ass, you know, fruit, not fruit, but pastries because you can't really cook at home. Do you really want to give that person your freedom because they lost their ability to have freedom over their spirit? You know, do you really want to do that? So anyway, um, that's all I want to talk to you guys about. And uh, oh, oh, that's it. And shalom, you guys.